The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, it, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, and you are listening to feature episode number 25 of the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week I'm joined here on the TMPT Empire by my TMPT brother, the one and only JP, John Paz, and sitting in here getting ready for feature episode number 25 in a big major way, talking about MLW's Fightland Saturday, February 1st at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania with one of the most talked about stars in the game of professional wrestling. And that is the one and only Killer Cross joining us today on this feature episode. And like I said, he may be the most talked about independent star out 
out there. He's uh, making a name for himself with everything he does. Everybody's always talking about Killer Cross. You got to see what he's doing promo-wise. You got to see his matches. He's the complete package. And when you team up with an MLW, and we could talk about the Fightland show here in just a minute, Killer Cross could be the guy on the tip of the tongue for the remainder of 2020 here in the world of professional wrestling. But, John, let's get you in here now. Let's talk about this feature interview with Killer Cross and kind of what we have to look forward to with this huge Fightland show at one of our favorite places, the 2300 Arena. It's going to be huge. It's going to be a great show. Anytime you got a show in Philadelphia at the 2300 Arena, it is just, just electric, and the energy is through the roof. Those are some of the best fans in the wrestling business. As you know, Chad, uh, one of my favorite towns, one of your favorite towns, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the wrestling fans are some of the best of all time. There's no doubt about it. And MLW, it's so hot right now. and They're doing so good. And they're kind of sneaking themselves into that third position in the wrestling world and really doing such a good job, always selling out, always putting on great cards, always putting on great matches, always doing something different and unique. And I think that Fightland is definitely going to do that. And of course, kill Cross versus Tom Lawler is going to be probably the match that I'm looking forward to the most. And I think probably the match that a lot of the fans in the arena are going to be looking forward to them to the most as well. That's going to be just a hard hitting submission strike matchup and it's killer crosses mlw debut so what a special debut against a former mlw world champion one of the biggest stars in mlw history i mean he's just dominating right now tom lawler and really just doing a great job with team filthy and just really really just taking it up another notch and just killing people out there so that's going to be awesome and Anytime Killer Cross is involved in a match, like you said, there's going to be so much drama and intrigue and interest from everyone because he's going to be the up and coming future huge star. Like I tell you, say in the view, five tool player, he can do it all. And that's just a absolute dynamite dream match. Tom Lawler, man, and the, the time over the five years that we've done this show, I mean, his rise through the ranks has been unbelievable. We've kind of mirrored it as it's been rising. We had him on the show. We heard what he had to say in this matchup here with Killer Cross is definitely one of those intriguing ones, uh, kind of those. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I mean, maybe a dream match, but you got to say it's a fantasy booking. Uh, it's going to be hard-hitting. Mm-hmm. It's going to be uh, really, uh, really interesting, to say the least. But the whole entire Fightland show, again, like you said, this Saturday at the 2300 arena in philadelphia pennsylvania uh you go to mlw2300.com for all the information uh but this impact here coming into mlw killer cross being one of the more talked about names just tell us quickly what do you think it is about this guy that kind of draws his the attention to him is it just the fact that he's such a kind of different breed of cat than maybe some of the other guys we're seeing or is it just one of those uh i don't know once in a uh once in a decade performers that uh that that just explodes on the scene He's got a certain vibe to him. He's got that charisma. There's no doubt about that. He is different. He is unique. He's got a cool character. He's got a great look. He's huge. He literally is larger than life. He's just a huge guy. In wrestling nowadays, you don't see guys that big be able to move like that. And the just the ability, just the athleticism. He, Like I said, 5 tool player. He's got it all. He makes great vignettes. He makes great videos. He does great promos. He pretty much has every you know facet of the game covered. So he is just one of those guys that's like, man, he can't miss as far as being a star. And MLW is very lucky to 
be having him at Fightland. But also, he is kind of lucky as well to land at MLW because they are getting hotter and hotter. Each show for MLW keeps getting bigger and bigger. And they just, I don't know, they're uh, they're kind of uh, one of those things where they're just catching fire right now. And everything they're doing is really touching it, touching into gold here. So, I mean, I love what they're doing with the, the Von Erics and obviously Loki, who we love, and Tom Lawler. But adding Killer Cross to the mix is just awesome. Yeah, and it's a Fusion TV taping, and you see all the big stars of MLW, the Jacob Fatus of the world, Alex Hammerstone, Brian Pillman Jr., Low-key, I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, the, like you said, the Von Erichs, looking forward to seeing them in Philadelphia. It's uh, it's such a cool group. It's a cool dynamic. And head on over to MLW2300.com again for all the information. And I would say, uh, you know, that might be enough out of us here. I think the interview is going to speak for itself. I think we're ready to uh, get into the mind of Killer Cross as he approaches this event here on February 1st. And I'll hand it over to you, John. Why don't you uh, send us on over and let's get into uh, the mind here of uh, the one and only Killer Cross. Absolutely. Rising star. He's the one to watch. One of the hottest free agents in the game. There's no doubt about that. And you are going to love MLW this Saturday at the 2300 Arena. Check out MLW.com for more information. But also, head on over to the 2300 Arena this Saturday for an epic encounter with Filthy Tom Lawler against our guest today for the feature episode, the one and only Killer Cross. here to talk about your new signing with MLW, Major League Wrestling. What do you think about this huge, huge show, Fightland, going on February 1st, this Saturday at the world-famous 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? I think people are going to get their money's worth. What is up with the signing with MLW? I think that, like, that's just one of those things where it's like, wow, MLW is really catching a lot of fire you know they're really uh, cooking with gas they're, they're really getting very very good what was your thoughts on signing with mlw 
Uh, precisely what you just said. I mean, you literally took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, MLW has had a lot of momentum due to the level of commitment that everyone has from A to Z on making it the best show possible when people come to see it. And getting on board with a roster and a team like that is uh, paramount to finding your own individual success in this industry. So very happy to be uh, on board, so to speak. So obviously talking about Fightland this Saturday and we mentioned Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What are your thoughts of being in that iconic building, formerly known as DCW Arena? I know that building very well, and I know Philly very well, and um, I've beaten up a lot of people and broken a lot of bones and saw mm-hmm. human bodies in that place, and everybody knows and everybody remembers. So it'll be like uh, it'll be like coming home. What are your thoughts on obviously the opponent for tonight, to the filthy one himself, filthy Tom Lawler? I don't think they could have picked a better person for me to be in the ring with uh, in order for the both of us to showcase our wheelhouse of talent, so to speak. Uh, Tom is a shooter. He's a professional mixed martial arts fighter, and he's an excellent professional wrestler. And I think that people are going to get something very special out of the both of us that night. What's so like unique about guys that go from MMA to pro wrestling and, and how a lot of them like filthy Tom Lawler have had such great success. Uh, I think it's very easy uh, to identify what that is. I mean, if you, if you understand the nature of the industry, uh, it's uh, sports entertainment. Um, you know, there is a, an air of legitimacy that really complements what we're doing. So if you come from a legitimate background that translates very seamlessly, if you, if you really love what you're doing, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of professional athletes from other sports and other forms of sports entertainment come into pro wrestling and it didn't work out. But I think that has to do with the fact that they probably became fans of what this is maybe later on in their lives. Unlike some people who grow up and really love this. And then, you know, there are other people that become fans later on in their lives and attempt to do this and excel at it. But it's very rare, a few far between. Um, where Tom falls in that category, I'm under the impression he's always been a fan of professional wrestling growing up. So I would attribute his success to his hard work, the reps and time that he puts into what he loves and cares about and being a, a hardworking athlete. Going into a matchup like this, what's the game plan? What are you like? What are your thoughts? Is, is it just going to be, you know, do you get submission striking? Like what's your thoughts when you're going into a match like that? I'm going to take whatever Tom gives me and uh, I'm going to use it against him. Uh, I couldn't tell you how the match is going to start. Couldn't tell you how it's going to, how it's going to go. And I couldn't tell you how it's going to end. Uh, It would be really presumptuous and foolish to even attempt to try to hypothesize how this is going to go because Tom could do the complete opposite of what you think he'd be doing. Uh, Tom might decide to hit me with a chair on the way down. Then what? You know what I mean? Anything mm-hmm. can happen. It's fight land. It's a 2300 arena that brings out a very crazy energy out of people. I'm ready for anything and everything. What do you think about that being the debut match? I mean, that's like the statement. It's like, well, okay, you know, maybe a debut against a lesser guy and, you know, you go over or whatever and that's great. But what do you think about a debut with a company as big as MLW is becoming and it being against Tom Lord? I mean, that's some pretty, uh, pretty big shoes to fill right away. Yeah, I mean, I'm a multi-time world heavyweight champion, and um, 
I've won championship titles in almost every single company I've ever been in. I've wrestled all over the world in every single major country in the world. And I've wrestled for companies like Lucha Underground, AAA Lucha Libre Worldwide, which has an incredible level of distribution all over the world and almost every single Latin American speaking country and competed in blood sport. I've been very successful there and a variety of other UWFI shoot pro wrestling uh, platforms and so forth. So, yeah, it's big shoes to fill, but I've been wearing big shoes for a long time, so they fit just fine. Yeah, I mean, to say the least, you've been kind of dominating the scene all over the place. And I was saying, you know, hottest free agent in the game, just really, really making a huge name for yourself over the last couple of years. Is that something that you enjoy, kind of like the world traveler dominating wherever you go, whether it be Mexico, United States? Like, is that something that you enjoy, kind of the, the traveling part and just kind of really honing your craft everywhere? Absolutely. I mean, I get to travel the world for a living. I mean, this is incredible. I mean, most people go their whole lives, you know, barely ever even leaving the state or province they live in. I've been all over the world. Uh, you know, people see the value in what I am able to contribute and are willing to fly me to different continents to entertain and engage and compete. I mean, that's, for me, it doesn't get any better than that. And I think so many people have their eyes on you. I mean, there was a, uh, obviously uh, some controversy with the last company and it kind of was up in the air. It's like, wow, well, where will he land? Where will he go next? And it is pretty cool to see it's like, wow, okay, MLW, who's been really kind of cutting edge and really kind of dominant as far as really making a big name for yourself and kind of cementing themselves into that number three spot or kind of you know moving into that, that major ranking in, in the wrestling world. Is that something you're like, okay, you know, I, I want to, you know, to quote unquote in film, no pun intended, really, but make an impact, but really make a big splash. I mean, sure. I, you know, I, and I've stated that before. I, I've been following the developments, even from the early times, the early developments of MLW, and I had a feeling that um, they were going to excel um, a lot faster than a lot of other companies that were attempting to compete with them at the time. It's just a feeling. Sometimes it's a vibe. You can just look at things. You get a feel for it. I mean, I'm not surprised that the success that MLW has found. Like, I'm really not at all. I mean, there's so many of the right pieces, people, and places were there to, to begin with for this to happen. And um, like I said, I've just seen a very strong level of commitment from everyone on board to making this place what it is today. Now, you say that. And obviously that means you've been keeping your eye on MLW and things like that. But when you actually meet Court Bauer and you're talking to the executives at MLW, what was, the, what was, they said you kind of had a feel and a vibe, but what was, what was something that kind of like turned the table for you? You're like, wow, you know, MLW is where I, I'm, I'm going to you know, really make a, a statement. Um, I mean, I just chose to do it. I mean, I, I know that anywhere I go, uh, I'll be able to make a statement. I know, pro wrestling fans and I know how to make regular average people into pro wrestling fans. That's been my specialty. Um, being able to appease people that watch pro wrestling, I can do that because I'm still one of them. I know what they want to see. Um, I've taken a great joy in turning people into pro wrestling fans. So um, just as much as it would be beneficial for me to be there, it will be even more beneficial for them to have me there because there are certain things that I can do that other professional wrestlers are not able to do or haven't figured out how to do yet. I think the most valuable players in this industry are the people who can turn non-wrestling fans into wrestling fans, and I'm one of them. There's no doubt about that. I uh, totally agree. And looking at the landscape of MLW, 
Is there anybody out there you're looking, you're like, man, I, I want to face this guy. I mean, there's got to be guys that, that you want to face in MLW, right? Uh, no, I was I was going to beat up a few referees. I was going to hit a commentator <laughs> with a chair. I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to do things different. Maybe, maybe somebody at the T-shirt stand. I mean, has he ever been powerbombed before? Has he ever been powerbombed through the table? He works <laughs> every day. These are the philosophical questions I ask myself. I mean, to be honest with you, I think any match in MLW is a great match for me. And that's not a cop-out. I just mean I literally am certain that I can steal the show with anybody. You put me in there with anybody, Jimmy Havoc, Hammerstone, uh, MJF, I mean, you name it. Pillman and I would rip the whole place up. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And Tom and I are going to do that. We will be the talk of the show, I guarantee it. Think of Davey Boy Smith Jr., low-key as well. I mean, those are matchups that stick out in my mind. All right, absolutely. Now, what is the, the deal with MLW? Obviously, you know, the debut match, Tom Lawler, Philadelphia, is going to be huge at the 2300 Arena for Fightland. But what's the deal? I mean, is it long-term? Is it short-term? What is, or is there a deal with MLW? Mm, time will tell. I don't think I, I would like to um, go into too much on the specifics of what I agreed to. Um, I don't even think it's really relevant at that point anyways. Um, the fact of the matter is, is I'm going to be at Fightland, and that is the number one thing I am focusing on right now with uh, – the exception of, you know, all things being relevant. Do you see, you know, yourself there long-term, or you're just literally looking at this and then seeing how it goes, and then you're going to play off of that? Uh, I think that um, it's going to be a feeling out process, um, and um, time will tell. We'll see. As far as, you and Tom Lawler, and I'm just thinking of stylistically, it's definitely going to be uh, a lot of MMA influence and stuff like that. Where did your kind of that style and that training and, and you being able to be a submission guy, but you did a lot of striking and, like we said, UWFI style, the blood sport, obviously very successful. What is it about that style that kind of lends itself to you? Well, I mean, I grew up in a household where – you know, I had people in the service in, in, in my household, and uh, martial arts and combat sports were welcomed. I mean, I grew up in a family full of wrestlers, judo players, and boxers. Uh, so that was just kind of in our family culture. I come from a very big family, and um, not only the men, but the women also know how to fight. So uh, coming up in a household like that, I've always been attracted to combat or combat sports. So naturally, one day when I found UWFI, I was just completely romanced to it. I thought it was amazing. Um, and prior to that, I was a fan of WWF growing up, which is now WWE, for anyone who's listening, um, is unfamiliar with uh, the current landscape. But I was a fan of that and ECW and All Japan Pro Wrestling and New Japan and all that stuff. I think that on a typical 8 to 12 match card there is a lot of redundancies and i think that you will see a lot of the same things match per match just on a general card in a in a general sense i think that there's very few people in the business nowadays in the common era versus how it used to be that are able to apply um, the educated, legitimate uh, aspect of it. You know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. There's a lot of different genres of professional wrestling, from comedy to strong style, lucha libre, and now the direction everything's going in, which is kind of a hybrid lucha libre style. 
Um, there's very few people actually that have a catch wrestling background or really know how to snatch something and dump someone. You rarely ever see it now unless it's someone who's competed um, or someone who's maybe an NCAA guy or an Olympic uh, alternate or something rather. So it's just something that naturally comes to me. And I think it complements the card versus the other things that are on it, and it feels different. Yeah, and, and throw in your character as well. I mean, it's such a cool, different, unique character. Uh, I mean, obviously, you got the look. It's one of those like things. It's like, man, this guy's a five-tool player. He can kind of go wherever he wants and lands wherever he wants, and he's going to intimidate people, and he's going to look like the way pro wrestlers should look. Not to say that you know that not they all shouldn't look different or whatever, but it's just that that old school kind of scary pro wrestler look that you think of when you think of pro wrestlers. I mean, that's kind of you. Am I right in getting that vibe? I mean, it's, it, you know, very intimidating to a lot of uh, outside people looking in. Well, hey, I won't argue with you. <laughs> it's just a, a cool, unique character. And, like, if you're an outsider and you're watching you for the first time, how would you kind of describe the Killer Cross character? Uh, I would say he's um... – you know, I feel like he's really misunderstood. He's a guy who loves jazz, opera, the orchestra. Um, you know, he likes long walks in the rain. Perhaps sometimes <laughs> those walks take place in a cemetery. But, you know, this is 2020. You can't judge people. That's where he likes to walk. Um, you know, I would say that he's a lover of all things, a humanitarian. Um, he's very charitable and loves poetry. But every once in a while, you know, he forgets to take his medication and then he shows up in places like the 2300 Arena, and he starts throwing people through windows and ladders. He starts punching through chairs. He becomes a larger-than-life character that people want to see. Um, you could say that he's eccentric. You could say that he's very enthusiastic. Uh, a lot of people say that he's crazy, but he doesn't like that word. He finds that word offensive, and it's a form of harassment. And really what he wants is he wants unity. He wants everyone to be together all at once in one time, you know, in one place, like one big happy family, so he could advance, attack, and annihilate everyone and wipe out the face of the earth. Love it. That's a pretty good uh, character. And you mentioned larger than life. It definitely kind of resorts back to that. And, and just to love the style and the kind of the way you go about the business. Also love the videos you, you put out and put together. Very creative and, and very different. Is that something that you always have in mind that, you know, you want to be true to yourself, you want to be an individual, but you definitely want to be different than the crowd? I don't necessarily go out of my way to be so different. I feel like it's just a natural course um, that my mind and imagine, imagination will kind of take me to. And then I develop and create things and I take those presentations elsewhere. Like I never really necessarily from a character presentation standpoint, I've never really looked at someone and say, Oh, well, this person's doing that. I got to do something else. I never tend to fall into things that other people are doing. I've never even accidentally caught myself doing something that somebody else does. I think plagiarizing someone is a very deliberate thing. And rarely is it uh, ever just a coincidence. I mean, Every once in a while, you know, we all watch the same movies and the same television. Maybe things overlap, but it's very easy to tell when you're ripping somebody off or you try to take something that's not yours and make it your own. It's actually kind of embarrassing when the public sees it because they call you out on it. So, I mean, I've just never really, I don't really think too much about it. I, I naturally am creative in other directions, thankfully, from other people. So it just, just kind of falls uh, in that lane, so to speak. When you kind of look at, 
you know, the, the landscape of wrestling, but really you're, you yourself, where do you kind of see Killer Cross? Where do you see yourself in five years? Do you even look that far down the road? Like, where do you, because you always hear your name on the internet or see your name like, okay, this person's interested in him. Uh, Hunter, uh, Hunter Assembly's interested in this. Um, uh, this guy, you, know, you always hear and see and read that people are interested in you. Where do you see yourself? Um, I definitely see myself on your television or possibly in a movie theater in five years, uh, even in 10 years. Um, I enjoy the entertainment industry for a variety of reasons. Obviously, the most, uh, the most obvious one would be that I like to entertain people. That's why I enjoy it. It's a platform for me to create things and show them to people and take them out of the, uh, the headspace they, you know, de- they, they, they want to exit. You know, this is, a, this is a world where everybody's got to go to work and there's grievances and stress and whatnot. Entertainment is a source of relief. And uh, I take great pride um, and it's an honor for me to be a source of relief for people. I enjoy that sincerely. I really do. So I'm going to stay in this industry one way or the other. And I foresee myself being in the wrestling business in five years, definitely. And I foresee myself being very fulfilled because uh, I've learned a lot of the last two years. And uh, there's been a lot of silver linings and I'm definitely looking to exercise those to become a better version of myself for everyone. Um, and you had, I have to address this. He had mentioned uh, Hunter or Triple H. I've never met him. I I don't know where uh, the story came up um, exactly first in the dirt sheets. I don't really pay too much attention to them. Um, but I've never met him. I, I, I think it's cool, and I think it's uh, kind of flattering that those stories circulate. But I'd like to meet him. If someone can make that happen, that would be great. You know, I mean, that yep. would be awesome. So definitely read that in the show. You can have the yeah, show definitely. next time. Yeah, definitely read that, that on the on the dirt sheets <laughs> for sure. Now I've read far, a lot of stuff on the dirt sheets. Yeah, not all of it's I, true. I, yep. Yeah, I mean, and it's like again, I mean, I know it's not meant to be malicious or whatnot. It's it's fun to fantasize about that stuff, but unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. So now it's like wind it down, hit the wind down button, head towards the finish line. Who are some of your like influences? Because you kind of see glimpses of, of certain things, but who were some of the influences of Killer Cross? Uh, man, it's a it's there's a broad array. Um, I'll start initially in the wrestling business. I would definitely say Brian Pillman Sr. was one of the biggest inspirations to me from a character context and standpoint. Um, and I, I kind of felt like Pillman was cut from the same cloth in nature of people like Bobby Heenan, Jerry Lawler. I would even go so far as to say Andy Kaufman, um, who's not mentioned that often in, in, in common era stuff, but the thing that all of those guys had in common and Piper too, they had, uh, Jake, the snake, I'll get carried away. Um, all these guys had something really amazing in common, which was that they all mastered the art of sincerity. You never doubted anything any of those people I just mentioned said, no matter how ridiculous it was. I mean, Piper could have told you that it was raining cats and dogs outside, and you would have called the pound and told them that they need to get the truck outside the house to catch the dogs and the cats. You know what I mean? Like, Jerry Lawler would have told you that Russia was attacking you know, in the middle of Monday Night Raw, and, you know, you need to get into your bomb shelter, and you would have believed it. 
uh, Heenan could have told you that Andre the Giant had a metal skeleton and he couldn't be defeated. You would have believed it. There's just, it, it didn't matter how far-fetched something they said was. You believed everything they said. And that is not something you can teach the people. It's really not. That is a very unique energy that they have. And when you see it and you hear it, you can identify it, but you can't necessarily sometimes place what it is. Those, are, those people were magic. And uh, I've done my absolute best to try to find that within myself and put that into my work. And so far, without tooting my own horn, I feel like I've found a lot of success with conveying sincerity in my presentations. And I think a lot of times people don't even know what it is that they enjoy so much about what I'm doing. But I would definitely think sometimes I've gotten pretty close to talking about it. But spelling it out like that, I, I think that's probably one of the more enjoyable things that I'm putting out there for people. And um my inspirations were definitely guys like that. In terms of in-ring, you know, offense and defense and such, I would definitely say Taz was definitely one of those people. Um, Lesnar and Angle, Gary Albright, Dr. Death. Uh, I'll throw in uh, two guys out there that probably aren't very well known. Volkan was one of them, and Takihara from UWFI. Kawada from All Japan. I mean, I, I have a lot. I mean, Sean O'Hare was another one. It's not totally obscure. Lots of people. Um, I've never had a one go-to guy. I've never seen the. I've never seen the sense in that. I mean, only one person can teach you only so much. I've I've had lots of broad inspirations, and then from film, I mean, Anthony Hopkins, Jack Nicholson, uh, Tom Hardy, Christian Bale. Um, I could I mean I could go on around. Brad Dorif. I bet you most people won't know who that is, but he's an absolute genius. Um, I've had a lot of inspirations and. It's not necessarily things or people that I've attempted to pattern myself after, but these are people that captured me. And I really stress the word capture. I saw these people. I could not look away. I couldn't turn it off. And so I've always appreciated what they've been able to do. And uh, and so a little few words, I suppose. You mentioned some damn good uh, guys. Gary Albright was awesome. Uh, Totally underrated. Obviously, Kawada, one of the best of all time. Can't go wrong with uh, any of those legends, uh, th- that's for sure. And Volkan, I mean, that, that's a that's a rarity one. That's very cool. And very Sean O'Hare-like, which I'm sure a lot of people forgot O'Hare, but they shouldn't have. Totally underrated, awesome guy. But that kind of, like, you said, like, sincerity, but it's like, man, this guy is is a little bit off kilter, but what he's saying, some of it hits home. Uh, just very, very cool and almost kind of a, a throwback a little bit to him. Not exactly like him, but I, I know what you mean. It's very um, similar in the, the sincerity, but it's almost like, wow, this, this guy is, is he crazy, but he's serious, but you know, you really kind of believe everything he's saying. Absolutely. You know, and I've, I've, I've done my due diligence to put in respectful nods to those people without completely taking something that was theirs and attempting to make it my own. I've always worn that jacket as a nod to uh, Sean Ware. I know a lot of people have worn the jacket. Chono was, in my opinion, one of the first people who was rocking the long leather jacket down to the ring. I know it's been done by a lot of people, but Chono and O'Hare were, were people that stood out to me for the long jackets and the long coats and such. And just a random guy that I always hear talking about you, great mind for the business, obviously, um, a Vegas connection because you've been out there a lot. Disco Inferno. I'm sure a lot of people may be shocked to hear that name, or maybe you know, maybe a little bit foolish or behind the curve. Some, but he's very great mind for the business. Master of psychology. Always had a great punch. Is something I always remembered. What about Disco? Is he a, kind of a, a mentor, or is there any sort of relationship with Disco? Because he always is talking you up as like the next big thing. 
I will tell you this. Uh, so the very first match that I ever had in this business was six years ago, and it was in Las Vegas at Sam's Town Hotel and Casino and Future Stars of Wrestling, and it was a battle royal. So I, once I got through the curtain and I walked onto the stage, the very first person that met me at the curtain, the very first person was Cisco Inferno. He went out of his way, not even knowing who I was or where I came from, to give me uh, critiques and to help me clean up and sharpen my work. Then he began to invite me into his classes where he was teaching. Um, I never, I never, like, never asked me for anything. You know what I mean? This is like, you know, I'm not trying to, not trying to like uh, blow his image here, but he's one of the smartest people I've ever met, um, especially, uh, you know, in general and in this business. And uh, he loves to work people. People have no idea how smart that guy is. He has, they have no idea. I mean, he's so comfortable in who he is in real life that he has no problem playing the buffoon and he does it to undermine people. And uh, it's just funny. It's, he, he reminds me of the court jester, you know, in a, in a, in a medieval setting, everyone thinks the jester comes in and he's the fool and he stands in the middle of the room and everybody points and laughs, but the jester dictates who laughs in the room. He comes in and he plays the room uh, like a puppet strings and works everyone's emotions. That's disco. The jester, the court jester is the most powerful person in the room. And he did that in a building every single Monday night on Monday night night show. He controlled the building. He made you think exactly what he wanted to about him. He made you feel exactly what he wanted you to feel. And here you are the whole time thinking that you were in control and these thoughts were your own. They weren't, they were his. He's a genius. And he is, he's been a mentor to me. I wouldn't be where I am right now without him. What a connection. And you, you wouldn't think like Killer Cross, this big monster, is five to a player. You wouldn't think it with Disco, but Disco really is that kind of quiet genius. And if you ever really listen to what he says about wrestling, he usually is, I'd say, you know, 90% right about most of the stuff, if not more than that, about most of the stuff in psychology and, and what's not getting over and why it's not getting over. And he'll say something, and then weeks later, you're like, oh my God, he was right. I mean, right? He's like, he's always kind of hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, I mean it's. I, I could go on and on about it. Uh, he's he's worked people so good into the conception uh, that they have of him that they don't realize it's a misconception, and he thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is because I know who he is and who people think he is, and now they perceive him. It's hilarious. He's he's completely done this all on his own. So it's it's very cool. It's been a I could call him a friend for sure. I could call him a close friend, actually. That's uh, very grateful for his guidance in my life. And I remember it had to be about a year ago or so, fans were arguing with him that he was dumb or something and saying he, he, was, he was terrible and all this other stuff. And I saw Jericho kind of step in and was like, are you an idiot? Like, you do, do you not get the character? Do you not get what was going on? Do you not get he's the heel, he's the villain? And it was just great to see Jericho kind of, you know, slap, you know, verbally slap the guy and kind of shoot him down. It's like, hello, like the guy is a master of psychology. You don't even know you're being fooled. Yeah. Well, because he knows him. So he, you know what I mean? He, he yes. understands what's going on. So, uh, but that's, that's the power that, uh, this has, you know, he could work people into a frenzy. He knows exactly how to push people's buttons and he does it for fun. So, absolutely. Now, as far as you, do you have some favorite matches? Just kind of, I know it's been six years, but do you have some, Favorites looking back, or maybe even favorite opponents. I mean, uh, 
that changes every year because your work gets better and then you find new people to work with. And, um, you know, uh, we as professional wrestlers are always trying to surpass who we were the last time we were in the ring. I mean, most of us, um, I mean, working with, uh, John Morrison has been great. I've worked with John for like, Oh man, maybe four years now, if not four, three, uh, we've worked all over the world together, uh, tagging with him, or uh, competing against him in the ring is always very good. I think we've always brought out a very aggressive side of each other. Always been able to tell very good stories together, engaging things for the audience. Um, and our compliments, or uh, I guess I would say our uh, our styles complement each other. We're both very different. So uh, Eddie Edwards would be another one. Uh, Tim Thatcher and I had a match a long time ago. And uh, it was very Japanese-based. I was very proud of that one. That was a good one. Jake Atlas and I uh, competing at bar wrestling down in Los Angeles. I was very happy with that one. Darby Allen, him and I ripped it up in L.A. Uh, John Moxley did a UWFI sort of battle arts match in Las Vegas. It was very good. I was very happy with that. I've got a, I've got a bunch. Uh, Douglas James, actually, recently. Him and I had a, a very interesting confrontation in Defy. So, a lot of good matches and, and a lot of uh, strong independent wrestlers that are that are kind of, still out there, kind of making their way. And I know you're going to stay mysterious about it. You're not going to say where you're going to end up, but it is great to see you kind of all over the place and kind of uh, you know making your stamp all over the all over the world. Well, thank you. I mean, and, and I'll tell you too. Like, uh, I mean, you don't have to read a dirt sheet. I'll just tell you the truth. If any of them had asked me this, I would have told them this as well. But uh, I don't know where I'm going to end up yet. And uh, that doesn't bother me, and, and, and it shouldn't bother anybody else. This is a huge decision. This is a life-changing decision, and um, I enjoy the idea of commitment. So when I make the decision of which direction I'm going to go in, I need to be 100% committed in my mind, and I need to have everything the way I think it should be. And, yeah, I mean, it's – yeah, I understand the speculation that, that – that people are making and it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's cool. Like it's, I mean, what's wrong with being the subject of conversation in the pro wrestling industry and sports, you know, I mean, nothing I'm, uh, I'm flattered by it and I'm humbled by it. But I mean, the truth of the matter is I don't know where I'm going next. <laughs> I have ideas. Let me tell you. And I, I'm in conversations with many different channels, but um, there's just such a massive amount of embellishment out there. Sometimes I feel bad reading it, but I'm like, yeah, you know, just mind my own business and, and be over here. So, it is crazy, and I guess you're right. I guess none of the dirty types are asking you. you know, they're kind of just kind of assuming or, or maybe making up or maybe getting a source or something that, that, that claims that they know, but they don't know. Yeah, I feel bad because, like, if they're paying that source, somebody's, I don't know, like, probably making a pretty penny off of it, and the source is wrong. So, you know, I don't know how all that stuff works. I don't know, but, I mean, again, I don't take any offense to it, and I don't mean to be challenging for anybody, but the truth of it is is that uh, – I'm um, still deserving my options, and I'm sure anyone can understand that, again, you know, a decision like this is something I, I really need to weigh in on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 
is there anywhere where you say to yourself like, man, I got to wrestle there or like, oh man, I not, not just like permanently. I'm just saying like, oh, I want to get back to you know Japan, Japan or I got to wrestle new Japan. And maybe it's not somebody in mind. Maybe it's not like, oh, I got to wrestle Okada. Maybe it's just, oh, I really want to wrestle in Japan for new Japan or, you know, I want to wrestle for all Japan or no. Is that ever in your mind? Like I want to wrestle someplace. I really want to see for me, that's an easy one. I want to, I would want to wrestle anywhere and everywhere. Because anywhere and everywhere is different. Every place you go will be different. It has a different roster. It's a different culture. It's a different place. It's a different presentation. I see fun in every single direction. I don't see a bad time in any direction. Um, for me, uh, I mean, hell, I'll just be, I'll be over personal with you. I, I dictate the decision that I'm going to make based on how effectively I'm going to be able to take care of my family. I have a huge family. And without putting it all out there, man, people are getting old, you know, and a man has to step up at some point in his life and decide how he's going to support the people that raised him. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. where my mind is at. I, I, I make a lot of the decisions at this point in my life based on what the long-term support system is going to look like. All of my decisions are made from there. And it's easy for me because, like I said, it's fun in every direction. I'm going to have a blast any direction I go in. So it's nothing but good options, no matter which way I look at it. I just got to find the best option for everything. I love it because one of those guys like you doesn't come along you know, all that often, just the size, the look, the ability, the, the differentness, the, the, the uniqueness. So it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where you end up. But this Saturday, you will end up. 2300 excuse me 2300 arena the old ecw arena the old stomping grounds at philly for mlw for fightland wrestling the filthy one himself tom lawler so that is going to be the next stop and hopefully some more matches to come at mlw maybe even tim thatcher rematch that would be pretty cool i think at this point anything is possible now as far as your plugs and and getting your uh, social media stuff out there where can the fans find you I think the easiest way to get a hold of me, if you're not savvy with a whole lot on the internet, would just be killercross.com. It's a website that I have up with all of my social media attached from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. On top of that as well, if you're just getting familiar with me, I give you the heads up. I have a YouTube channel, the Killer Cross channel. It's a channel that I've built and managed. It has my entire career chronologically uh, dated and logged into the channel. All of the content is free. Take advantage of it. Watch it. It's all there. There's over 120 hours of footage from vignettes, matches, highlights, you name it. Everything is on that YouTube channel, which is also attached to the website. Plus, there's a merchandise link on Pro Wrestling Tees. You may want to get a hold of some of my older shirts. I'm just saying. They might not be around forever. Awesome stuff. As always, Killer Cross, five-tool player. We're going to definitely enjoy seeing you at MLW this Saturday, but definitely enjoy wherever it is you may land. You said it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be great, and it's uh, kind of cool to be a little bit mysterious about where that landing spot will be. I, I kind of you know, like that about it. It's uh, a little old school, a little maybe Bruiser Brody-ish. You, know, you never know where you're going to end up, so that's pretty damn cool. And uh, thank you so much for all the time you gave us, and uh, hopefully we'll see you, uh, and hopefully everybody will see you. Saturday in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the 2300 Arena. Looking forward to it, man. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.